0: Pandemic, social unrest, the State House, and the White House. You are listening to The John
1: DePietro Show. Good afternoon on this sunny but cold Friday. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, (coughs) dePietro.com. Excuse me, folks. I apologize. This portion of the program on this cold but dry. Dry Friday, it is February 12th, is brought to you by Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Now, this is Valentine's weekend, which means you want to stop by and see Ron and Melissa. They're open today, they're open tomorrow. Ron's Pastry Gourmet, 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. They have fresh strawberries dipped in chocolate. They have delicious, uh, they have everything Valentine. Valentine's cupcakes and cakes and delicious cannolis with a Valentine theme. Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Look for them on Facebook, located right off of Silver Spring Street next to AAA in Providence. Everything is fresh. The number one pastry gourmet in Rhode Island is Ron's Pastry Gourmet, 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. So, right now, The time is 12.07 on this Friday. They're open. You could go right now in your lunch hour. Zip over there. Plenty of free, safe parking. 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. Right off of Silver Spring Street. It's Ron's Pastry Gourmet where they also still have... They, they have the most delicious cannolis, they have delicious calzones, but they have everything Valentine's. They have uh, wonderful fresh strawberries dipped in chocolate, they have uh, delicious Valentine's-themed cupcakes and cakes and all kinds of treats. Ron's Pastry Gourmet. stop in and see my friends Ron and Melissa. Ron is a true artist, 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. Well, folks, good afternoon, it's John DePietro. Now, remember, you can always listen online at the website, depietro.com. and if you visit the website... DePetro.com, uh, which is brought to you by Allstate Lock. You want to be nice and safe and secure? Call Allstate Lock today, 401-349-0042, or online at AllstateLock.com. Now, I want to say good afternoon to everyone tuning in on uh, Facebook Live. We're using a temporary page. Good afternoon to everyone who's uh, watching our live stream. We have a nice crowd going. It's a different page, though. It's JDRI Radio FB Live. J D me hello R I radio that's what you're listening to, F B Facebook live, and then you can find it and make sure. Good afternoon, everyone that is uh, watching the live stream. Please share that you're watching as well. Again, I know there are people going to my normal page. We're still in discussions with that platform, uh, folks. They, they they just for a number of different reasons. So this is it's not permanent, but it's temporary. It's it's for now. It's not forever, but it's definitely for right now. Now, the Trump impeachment defense is going to be starting. And we'll uh, dip in and out of that. I don't want to, you know, it's just, it's very tedious. I do want to hear some of their defense we're entitled to. But I also want to draw attention to that a, a big story that's developing locally I'll tell you, this new, as I mentioned last hour, that new mayor of Warwick is impressive, Mayor percosi He has called for Rhode Island Governor Gino Raimondo to step down. Now, also um, to resign because this is taking so long with the transition. But he's not alone now because now the mayor of Cranston, Mayor Ken Hopkins, his people told me just a short time ago that he's also calling for Rhode Island Governor Gino Ra- Raimondo to step down. And I think we're hearing that as, you know, this is a three-day weekend. Uh, now, I am um, opening. I'm, I'm opening. I will be on the air on Monday, but a lot of people are off, and especially in state government, they're off, and we're hearing that um, it's really going to drop off, that apparently a number of Raimondo people, that this things could be sped up a little bit, and you're going to start to hear of more resignations going forward. Now, but just looking at the calendar. Now, you know, this is um an unusual situation because of the fact that um, what's happening right now is governor mundo it is it is completely out of her hands completely out of her hands on when this full senate confirmation vote is going to take place and it has been put off but as the mayor warwick said you know it's this is a pandemic and nothing is getting done and as i've illustrated for you the vaccine rollout has been an unmitigated disaster and yesterday was a good example you need leadership if it's you know this is the ultimate if you're going to lead lead if not get out of the way so today is Friday, February 12th. Wherever you can hear my voice, it's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Uh, whether it's in Massachusetts, I, we have people that listen to the program as far, well up into, towards Worcester. We have people, obviously people in uh, the Blackstone Valley and Bellingham and Rentham and Attleboro, then all over Rhode island. And then also, good afternoon. I get a lot of email from our Connecticut listeners. So, but just looking at the week, next week, the Senate, they're on winter break. And then the week after that, the week, so so she's not leaving next week because they're not voting next week. The week of the 22nd, we don't know what's going to happen. So it remains an unknown. Now, I'm just wondering, so you have the mayors of Warwick and Cranston. I'm just wondering when do the mayors of, and I don't know if they will, but Johnston and or North Providence, when do they start to say, I think that Governor Armando should resign? She she we have every reason to believe she's going to pass her Senate confirmation. She does. not want to resign until she's fully confirmed, which I get. But that could be it could be in two weeks. It could be the week of the 22nd. It might not be. Now you get into March and now it's politics and now they're going back and forth with the the Biden people. So now I want to dip in a little bit because, I mean, we have to the defense of President Trump. Is underway, um, and I, I do want to, you know, dip in and obviously listen to some of that and carry some of that. Uh, I, I think, like a lot of you, I'm not sure how much of a of a defense that he needs with with our crew, uh, with our people, but I think it would be um, important to to listen to some of the defense. So this is um, the president's uh, defense. Disorder. In
0: we will never defund our police. Together we will ensure that I America like this.
1: is a nation now
0: order. I nice, take him behind
2: the gym and beat the hell out of him. But I think you need to go back and then punch him in the face. You feel like punching him. We just want law and order. Everybody wants that.
0: I want to tell you, Lord, Jesus, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the world.
3: Law and order. We have to have law and order. Show me where it says that protesters are supposed to be polite and peaceful. <laughs> we
0: believe in safe streets, secure communities, and we
1: believe this
3: is the in defense, law. defense folks. This with the video. Good.
2: Tragically, as we know now, the January on January sixth. 6, A small group who came to engage in violent and menacing behavior hijacked the event for their own purposes. (laughs) That's right. According to publicly available reporting, it is apparent that extremists of various different stripes and political persuasions pre-planned and premeditated an attack on the Capitol. One of the first people arrested was the leader of Antifa. That's right. Sadly, he was also among the first to be released. Yep. From the beginning, the president has been clear. The criminals who infiltrated the Capitol must be punished to the fullest extent of the law. That they should be imprisoned for as long as the law allows. Yep. The fact that the attacks were apparently premeditated, as alleged by the House managers by the way. Demonstrates the ludicrousness of the incitement allegation against the president. You can't incite what was already going to happen. Law enforcement officers at the scene conducted themselves heroically and courageously, and our country owes them an eternal debt. But there must be a discussion of the decision by political leadership regarding force posture and security in advance of the event as many will recall last summer the White House was faced with violent violent rioters night after night they repeatedly attacked Secret Service officers and at one point pierced a security wall culminating in the clearing of Lafayette Square Since that time, there has been a sustained negative narrative in the media regarding the necessity of those security measures on that night, even though they certainly prevented many calamities from occurring. In the wake of the Capitol attack, it must be investigated whether the proper force posture was not initiated due to the the political pressure stemming from the events at Lafayette Square. Consider this. On January 5th, the mayor of the District of Columbia explicitly discouraged the National Guard and federal authorities from doing more to protect the Capitol, saying, and I quote, the District of Columbia is not requesting other federal law enforcement personnel and discourages any additional deployment.
1: Good opening.
2: This sham impeachment also poses a serious threat to freedom of speech for political leaders of both parties at every level of government. That's right. The Senate should be extremely careful about the the precedent this case will set. Consider the language that the House impeachment article alleges to constitute incitement. If you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. This is ordinary political rhetoric that is virtually indistinguishable from the language that has been used by people across the political spectrum for hundreds of years. Countless politicians have spoken of fighting for our principles. That's right. Joe Biden's campaign slogan was battle for the soul of America.
1: How about that?
2: No human being seriously believes that the use of such metaphorical terminology is incitement to political violence. Correct. Folks, it's the Trump defense. So while the president did not engage in any language of incitement, there are numerous officials in Washington who have indeed used profoundly reckless dangerous and inflammatory rhetoric in recent years. That's right. The entire Democratic Party and national news media spent the last four years repeating without any evidence. None. That the 2016 election had been hacked and falsely and absurdly claimed... The president of the United States was a Russian spy. That's
1: right, Russian collusion.
2: Speaker Pelosi herself said that the 2016 election was hijacked and that Congress has a duty to protect our democracy. She also called the president an imposter and a traitor and recently referred to her colleagues in the House as the enemy within. Moreover, many Democrats politicians endorsed and encouraged the riots that destroyed vast swaths of american cities last summer when violent left-wing anarchists conducted a sustained assault on a federal courthouse in portland oregon speaker pelosi did not call it an insurrection instead she called the federal law enforcement officers protecting the building stormtroopers when violent mobs destroyed public property she said people will do what they do the attorney general of the state of massachusetts stated yes america is burning but that's how forests grow Mm. Representative Anya Presley declared, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there is unrest in our lives. That's
1: right. The Congresswoman from Massachusetts... The current Vice
2: President of the United States, Kamala Harris, urged supporters to donate to a fund that bailed out violent rioters and arsonists out of jail. All true. All true. One of those was released and went out and committed another crime, assault he beat the bejesus out of somebody. Mm. Good word. She said of the violent demonstrations, everyone beware. They're not going to stop before election day in November, and they're not going to stop after election day. They're not going to let up, and they should not. Such rhetoric continued even as Hundreds of police officers across the nation were subjected to violent assaults at the hands of angry mobs. A man claiming to be inspired by the junior senator from Vermont came down here to Washington, D.C. to watch a softball game and kill as many senators and congressmen as he could.
1: That's right, Bernie Sanders supporter. It cannot
2: be forgotten that President Trump did not blame the junior senator. That's right. The senior senator from Maine has had her house surrounded by angry mobs of protesters.
1: Susan Collins.
2: When that happened and unnerved her, one of the house managers, I forget which one, tweeted, Crimea River. <laughs> Under the standards of the House impeachment article, Each of these individuals should be retroactively censored, expelled, punished, or impeached for inciting violence by their supporters. Unlike the left, President Trump has been entirely consistent in his opposition to mob violence. He opposes it in all forms, in all places. Just as he's been consistent that the National Guard should be deployed to protect American communities wherever protection is needed. For Democrats, they have clearly demonstrated that their opposition to mobs and their view of using the National Guard depends upon the mob's political views. Not only is this impeachment case preposterously wrong on the facts, no matter how much heat and emotion is injected by the political opposition, it is also plainly unconstitutional. In effect, Congress would be claiming that the right to disqualify a private citizen, no longer a government official, from running for public office, This would transform the solemn impeachment process into a mechanism for asserting congressional control over which private citizens are and are not allowed to run for president. In short, this unprecedented effort is not about Democrats opposing political violence. It is about Democrats trying to disqualify their political opposition. It is constitutional cancel culture. Wow. History will will record this shameful effort as a deliberate attempt by the Democrat Party to smear, censor, and cancel not just President Trump, but the 75 million Americans who voted for him.
1: Folks, are listening live now coverage President the time Trump. the for such a campaign of in trial in the Senate on AM 1380. It is
2: the time for unity.
1: 99.9 FM.
2: And healing.
1: It's John DiPietro on this Friday. And
2: focusing on the interests of the nation as a whole. We should all be seeking to cool temperatures, <laughs> calm passions, rise above partisan lines. Excellent point. The Senate should reject this divisive and unconstitutional effort and allow the nation to move forward. Over the next, over the course of the next three hours or so, you will hear next from Mr. Schoen, who's going to talk about due process and a couple other points you'll be interested to hear. I'll return with an analysis. of why the First Amendment must be properly applied here. And then Mr. Castro will discuss the law as it applies to the speech of January 6th. And then we'll be pleased to answer your questions. Thank you.
1: All right, folks, again, it's John DeFito on this Friday. You're listening live coverage. This is the uh, Trump impeachment team. It's now their turn to speak out against this uh, complete sham impeachment. Right now, it is 1225, and I recognize those that are watching on Facebook Live or listening AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Listen, it's history. I think it's important to carry. Uh, I recognize, but and we've been listening all week, how they've been going after the president. I, I believe the least we can do is then uh, I'm very anxious to hear them, the Trump team, be able to make their case as to why this, uh, he should not, in fact, be found guilty, so um, I want to dip back in uh, just a little bit. We'll um, listen in here and there. Mr. Sean. Here we go. Leaders. Senators.
4: Throughout the course of today, my colleagues and I will explain in some detail the simple fact that President Trump did not incite the horrific, terrible riots of January 6th. Yep. We'll demonstrate that to the contrary, the violence and looting goes against the law and order message he conveyed to every citizen of the United States throughout his presidency, including on January 6th. Good open. First, though, we would like to discuss the hatred, the vitriol, the political opportunism that has brought us here today. The hatred that the House managers and others on the left have for President Trump has driven them to skip the basic elements of due process and fairness and to russian impeachment through the house claiming quote urgency close quotes but the house waited to deliver the articles to the senate for almost two weeks only after democrats had secured control over the senate in fact contrary to their claim that the only reason they held it was because senator mcconnell wouldn't accept the article representative Clyburn made clear that they had considered holding the articles for over 100 days to provide president biden with a clear pathway to implement his agenda our constitution and any basic sense of fairness require that every legal process with significant consequences for a person's life including impeachment requires due process under the law which includes fact finding and the establishment of a legitimate evidentiary record with an appropriate foundation. Even last year's impeachment followed committee hearings and months of examination and investigation by the House. Here, President Trump and his counsel were given no opportunity to review evidence or question its propriety. The rush to judgment for a snap impeachment in this case was just one example of the denial of due process. Another perhaps even more vitally significant example was a denial of any opportunity ever to test the integrity of the evidence offered against Donald J. Trump in a proceeding seeking to bar him from ever holding public office again and that seeks to disenfranchise some 75 million voters.
1: 75 American million. Voters. <coughs> yep. On
4: Wednesday this week... Countless news outlets repeated the Democrat talking point about the power of never-before-seen footage. Let me ask you this. Why was this footage never seen before? That's right. Shouldn't the subject of an impeachment trial, this impeachment trial, President Trump, have the right to see the so-called new evidence against him? More importantly, the riot and the attack on this very building was a major event that shocked and impacted all Americans. Shouldn't the American people have seen this footage as soon as it was available? Good point. For what possible reason did the House managers withhold it from the American people and President Trump's lawyers? For political gain? How did they get it? How are they the ones releasing it? It is evidence in hundreds of pending criminal cases against the rioters. Why was it not released through law enforcement or the Department of Justice? Is it the result of a rushed snap impeachment for political gain without due process? House Manager Raskin told us all yesterday that your job as jurors, in this case, is a fact-intensive job. But of course, as several of the House managers have told you, we still don't have the facts. Speaker Pelosi herself on February 2nd called for a 9-11-style commission to investigate The events of January 6th. Speaker Pelosi says that the commission is needed to determine the causes of the events. She says it herself. If an inquiry of that magnitude is needed to determine the causes of the riot, and it may very well be, then how can these same Democrats have the certainty needed to bring articles of impeachment and blame the riots on President Trump.
1: Good point. They don't. That's right.
4: The House managers facing a significant lack of evidence turned often to press reports and rumors during these proceedings. Claims that would never meet the evidentiary standards of any court. In fact, they even relied on the words of Andrew Feinberg, a reporter who recently worked for Sputnik, huh. the Russian propaganda outlet. You saw it posted. By the way, the report they cited was completely refuted. The frequency with which House managers relied on unproven media reports shocked me as I sat in this chamber and listened to this. And there's a lot that we don't know yet about what happened that day. According to those around him at the time, reportedly responded. Trump reportedly reports across all major media outlets, major news networks, including Fox News reported. ...reported, reportedly summoned, reportedly reportedly not accidental. According to reports, President Trump was reportedly, who reportedly spoke to the Guard. And was widely reported. Media reports, according to reports, reported,
1: reportedly... Well, that's good.
4: As any trial lawyer will good
1: tell montage, you, folks.
4: reportedly is a euphemism for, I have no real evidence. That's right. Reportedly is not the standard in any American setting in which any semblance of due process is afforded an accused. Reportedly isn't even here is some circumstantial evidence. It is exactly as reliable as I googled this for you. And if you're worried that you might ever be tried based on this type of evidence, don't be. You get more due process than this when you fight a parking ticket. One reason due process is so important with respect to evidence offered against an accused is that it requires an opportunity to test the integrity, the credibility, the reliability of the evidence. Here, of course, former President Trump was completely denied any such opportunity. And it turns out there is significant reason to doubt the evidence the House managers have put before us. Let me say this clearly. We have reason to believe the house managers manipulated evidence and selectively edited footage. That's right. If they did, and this were court of law, (coughs) they would face sanctions from the judge. I don't raise this issue lightly. Rather, it is a product of what we have found in just the limited time we have had since we first saw the evidence here with you this week. We have reason to believe that the House managers created false representations of tweets and the lack of due process means there was no opportunity to review or verify the accuracy. Consider these facts. The House managers, proud of their work on the snap impeachment, staged numerous photo shoots of their preparations. In one of those, Manager Raskin is seen here at his desk reviewing two tweets side by side. The image on his screen claims to show that President Trump had retweeted one of those tweets. Now, members of the Senate, let's look closely at this screen, because obviously, Manager Raskin considered it important enough that he invited the New York Times to watch him watching it. Now, what's wrong with this image? Actually, there are three things very wrong with it. Look at the date on the very bottom of the screen on Manager Raskin's computer screen when we zoom in to the picture. The date that appears is January 3rd, 2020.
1: Wow. Not
4: 2021. Wow. Why is that date wrong? <clears throat> because this is not a real screenshot that he's working with. That's right. This is a recreation of a tweet. And you got the date wrong when you manufactured this graphic wow you did not disclose that this is a manufactured graphic and not a real screenshot of a tweet that to be fair the house managers caught this error before showing the image on the senate floor so you never saw it when it was presented to you they got them but that's not all nope they didn't fix this one look at the blue check mark next to the twitter username of the account retweeted by well, the president It indicates that this is a verified account given the blue check by twitter to indicate it is run by a public figure right the problem the user's real account is not verified and has no blue check mark wow. as you can see were you trying to make her account seem more significant or were you just sloppy Whoa. if we had due process of law in this case we would know the truth but that's not all that's wrong with this one tweet house manager swalwell showed you this tweet this week And he emphasized that this tweet reflected a call to arms. He told you repeatedly that this was a promise to call in the cavalry for January 6th. He expressly led you to believe that President Trump's supporter believed that the president wanted armed supporters at the January 6th speech. Paramilitary groups, the cavalry, ready for physical combat. The problem is, the actual text is exactly the opposite. The tweeter promised to bring the Calvary, a public display of Christ's crucifixion, a central symbol of her Christian faith, with her, to the president's speech. A symbol of faith, love, and peace. They just never want to seem to read the text and believe what the text means. How about that? You'll see this reported in the media last evening also. Whoa. Words matter. They told you. Yep but they selectively edited the president's words over and over again. How about that? They manipulated video, time-shifting clips, and made it appear the president's words were playing to a crowd when they
0: weren't. Let's take a look. After this, we're going to walk down, and I'll be there with you. We're going to walk down down
1: to the Capitol.
0: We're going to walk down Down to the the the
1: Capitol. We're going to
0: walk down to the Capitol. And we're going to cheer on our brave senators and congressmen and women. And we're probably not going to be cheering so much for some of them. Because you'll never take back our country with weakness. You have to show strength and you have to be strong. We have come to demand that Congress do the right thing. And only count the electors who have been lawfully slated, lawfully slated. Yep. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building.
1: To the Capitol.
0: peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard.
1: Peacefully and patriotically.
4: And we are going to walk down to the Capitol. They showed you that part. Yep. Why are we walking to the Capitol? Well, they cut that off to cheer on some members of Congress and not others peacefully and patriotically. The Supreme Court ruled in Brandenburg that there's a very clear standard for incitement. In short, to paraphrase whether the speech was intended to provoke imminent lawless action and was it likely to do so. Go to the Capitol and cheer on some members of Congress, but not others. They know it doesn't meet the standard for incitement, so they edited it down. We heard a lot this week about fight like hell but they cut off the video before they showed you the president's optimistic patriotic words that followed immediately
0: after fight like hell and if you don't fight like hell you're not gonna have a country anymore our exciting adventures and boldest endeavors have not yet begun my fellow Americans for our movement for our children And for our beloved country, and I say this, despite all that's happened, the best is yet to come.
4: There's that famous quote, like one of the House managers said, a lie will travel halfway around the world before the truth has a chance to put its shoes on. That's right. Well, this lie traveled around the world a few times, made its way into the Biden campaign talking points and ended up on the Senate floor the Charlottesville lie. Very fine people on both sides, except that isn't all he said. And they knew it then, and they know it now. Watch this. Listen to this. You also
0: had people that were very fine people on both sides. You had people in that group, excuse me, excuse me. I saw the same pictures as you did. You had people in that group that were there to protest the taking down of, to them, a very, very important statue and the renaming of a park from Robert E. Lee to another name. George Washington was a slave owner. Was George Washington a slave owner? So will George Washington now lose his status? Are we going to take down, excuse me, are we going to take down, are we going to take down statues to George Washington? How about Thomas Jefferson? What do you think of Thomas Jefferson? You like him? Okay, good. Are we going to take down the statue? Because he was a major slave owner now we're going to take down his statue so you know what it's fine you're changing history you're changing culture and you had people and i'm not talking about the neo-nazis and the white nationalists because they should be condemned totally but you had many people in that group other than neo-nazis and white nationalists okay and the press has treated them absolutely unfairly now in the other group also you had some fine people but you also had troublemakers and you see them come with the, with the black outfits and with the helmets and with the baseball bats. You got a, you had a lot of bad you had a lot of bad people in the other well, group. The oh, oh. unfairly,
5: sorry, I just didn't understand what you were saying. You were saying the press has treated white nationalists unfairly. No, I just didn't understand what you were saying. No.
0: There were people in that rally, and I looked the night before. If you look, there were people protesting very quietly the taking down of the statue of Robert E. Lee. I'm sure in that group there were some bad ones. The following day it looked like they had some rough, bad people. Neo-Nazis, white nationalists, whatever you want to call them. But you had a lot of people in that group that were there to innocently protest and very legally protest because, you know I don't know if you know, they had a permit. The other group didn't have a permit. So I only tell you this. There are two sides to a story. I thought what took place was a horrible moment for our country, a horrible moment. But there are two sides of the country. Does anybody have a final? Does anybody I have? An ha- you have an infrastructure. What makes you think?
4: This might be today the first time the news networks played those full remarks in their context.
1: Oh.
4: And how many times have you heard that President Trump has never denounced white supremacists? Now you in America know the truth. Here's another example. One of the House managers made much of the President's supposedly ominous words of, you have to get your people to fight. But you knew what the President really meant. He meant that the crowd should demand action from members of Congress and support primary challenges to those who don't do what he considered to be right. Support primary challenges, not violent action. I know what he meant because I watched the full video. And so did the House managers but they manipulated his words. You will see where they stopped it and to give it a very different meaning from the meaning it has in full context.
0: Let's watch.
1: You have to get your people to fight. He told them. You have to
0: get your people to fight and if they don't fight, we have to primary the hell out of the ones that don't fight. You primary them. We're going we're gonna to let you know who they are. I can already tell you, frankly.
4: The people who need to fight are members of Congress. Why do we have to skip the necessary due diligence and due process of law and any that any legal proceeding should have? It couldn't have been the urgency to get President Trump out of office. House Democrats held the articles until he was no longer president, mooting their case. Hatred, animosity, division political gain. And let's face it, for House Democrats, President Trump is the best enemy to attack.
3: I want to say this for Donald Trump, who I may well be voting to impeach. Donald Trump has already done a number of things which legitimately raise the question of impeachment.
0: I don't respect this president, and I will fight every day until he is impeached.
3: That is grounds to start impeachment proceedings. Those are grounds to start impeachment. Those are grounds to start impeachment proceedings. Yes, I think that's grounds to start impeachment proceedings. I rise today, Mr. Speaker, to call for the impeachment of the President
4: of the United States of America.
0: I continue to say, impeach him!
6: Impeach 45! <laughs> <laughs>
3: impeach 45! Maxine Waters... So we're the house to begin impeachment hearings immediately on the impeachment Donald Trump. Would you vote yes or no?
7: I would vote yes. I would vote I would
6: vote to
5: impeach. Because we're gonna go in there, we're gonna impeach the mother
3: uh, but yeah. the fact is, I introduced articles of impeachment in July of 2017. If we don't impeach this
4: president, he will get re-elected. My
3: host requires me to be for impeachment, have an impeachment hearing. So he needs a scarlet eye on his chest. The representative should begin impeachment proceedings against this president.
5: It is time to bring impeachment charges against him. Bring impeachment charges.
3: My personal view is that uh, he richly deserves impeachment. I'm
5: We can
7: impeach him every day of the week
1: for anything he does.
4: Pelosi. That same hatred and anger has led House managers to ignore their own words and actions and set a dangerous double standard. The House managers spoke about rhetoric, about a constant drumbeat of heated language. Well, as I'm sure everyone watching expected, we need to show you some of their own words.
7: I, I, I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country. Maybe there will be.
5: There needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there's unrest in our lives. You've got to be ready to throw a punch. You have to
2: be ready to throw a punch. Donald Trump, I think you need to go back and then punch him in the face. I thought he should
3: have punched him in the face. feel
2: like punching him.
3: I'd like to take him behind the gym if I were in high school. If you were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him.
0: No, I wish we were in high school, I could take him behind the gym. I will go
7: and take Trump out tonight. Take him out?
1: This is great. So, good afternoon. It's John DePietro on this Friday. Finally, we get some Trump defense.
3: Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful.
6: I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House.
3: Please. Get up in the face of some Congress people.
7: People will do what they do.
3: I want to tell you, Gorsuch. I want to tell you,
0: Kavanaugh. You have released the whirlwind. And you will
6: pay the price. We're going to go in there. We're going to...
5: This is just a warning to you Trumpers.
6: Be careful. Walk lightly. And for those of you who are soldiers make them pay if you had to be stuck in an elevator with either president trump mike Pence, or jeff sessions who would it be does one of us have to come out alive
1: <laughs> all funny then wow this is great
6: and
4: there's more good i promise to fight every single day one <laughs> i am a fighter and i'm relentless but i'm a fighter and i'm relentless a fighter and i'm relentless i will fight like hell
5: the way i see it now is that we pick ourselves up and we fight back that's what i think it's all about we stand up and we fight back we do not back down we do not compromise not today not tomorrow not ever You can either lie down, you can can whimper, you can pull up the ball, you can decide to move to Canada, or you can stand your ground and fight back. And and that's what it's about. We do fight back, but we are going to fight back. We are not turning this country over to what Donald Trump has sold. We are just not. Look, people are upset and they're right to be upset. Now we can whimper, we can whine. Or we can fight back. Me, I'm here to fight
1: back. Is Warren?
5: I'm here to fight back because we will not forget. <clears throat> we do not want to forget. We will use that vision to make sure that we fight harder. We fight tougher. And we fight more passionately for mm. it than ever. We still have a fight on our hands. Fight hard for the changes we are demanding. Get in the fight. So winning the fight. Fight fighting. These fighting is every tool possible. To fight for this change. We'll fight. We'll fight. To fight fighting hard. It's all Elizabeth Warren. About fighting. We'll love it. Fight. we got to get our front foot and fight
1: back. Yep.
5: Problems, we call them out and we fight back. Yeah, I'm in this fight. I am fighting. I am fighting. <laughs> get in this fight get in this fight get in this fight and fighting we all need to be in the fight we all need to stay in the fight we stay in this fight we fought back we fought back. I am not afraid of a fight. I am in this fight all the way. Wow. You don't get what you don't fight for. Our fight. Elizabeth Warren, folks. We are in this fight for our lives. This is the fight of our lives.
3: But we are going to make sure that this fight does not end tonight. This is a fight. <laughs> for our lives the lives
1: wait till they get to Sicillini folks good afternoon it's John Trump two neighbors
3: it is a fight kicking blank take a and taking names yeah sure it's a fight it is a fight it is a fight and that's what this fight is for well
2: I'm wired to fight anyone who isn't doing their job for wow. us I'm John tester and you damn right I approve this message huh.
6: Lots of fights ahead of us and i'm ready to stand up and keep fighting we have to fight we're gonna fight we're gonna fight we I'd need to this. fight 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 and we need to fight we're gonna fight we got a few more fights i'm gonna take the privilege of a few more fights and we have the biggest fight of all i will never stop fighting i will fight like hell to fight back against anyone we need to say loud and clear ...that we are ready to fight.
2: It's a
4: bare-knuckles fight. Now they're going to have to actually fight back against people. The fight has to be conducted. It's
5: so important that we need to fight. Fight, that fight.
4: We have been... ...fighting. I was fighting very hard. Time is of the essence, both in terms of the fight. I think we should be fighting. Well, I I really believe we need to
3: fight, we're simply not going to take this line down. We're going to keep fighting. So I'm telling all my colleagues... This is the fight of our life. Whose
6: side are you on? Who are you fighting
3: for? They're fighting for, I'm fighting. We're both fighting.
7: We will fight back. We're not going to just take this line up.
3: I'm just going to keep the fight up. What we
6: have to do right now is fight as hard as we can. We have to
5: ride up and, and fight back.
3: And so we're going to fight and we're going to continue to fight. I'm going to be fighting, fighting like hell. Keep fighting, 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 or we kept fighting, and we did, so we're going to keep fighting. We have to be fighting every every uh, single day. We have to fight back, and we have no choice but to do that. I think we're doing the right thing to do that. Uh, fighting. And I'm fighting. Well, how job right now is
5: to fight. It's really important I'm going to keep fighting. I'm
3: asking for the support of people across the country to fight back. And you got to be fierce uh, in uh, fighting. Keep
2: fighting. Brown have been fighting. I've told President Biden I will fight like man. I'll tell you what,
7: now more than ever, we have to fight like hell.
2: We have these battles on the floor of the Senate.
1: I'm
3: going to go down and battle and uh, and I'm going to be down there on the floor. Battling. We Democrats are fighting as hard as we can. Democrats are fighting as hard as we can. Credit it in any way. But we're fighting back. What we've got to do is fight in Congress, fight in the courts, fight in the streets, fight online, fight at the ballot box. Fighting and pushing around the clock, fighting. Continue to be brave and be strong and keep fighting. We're getting people engaged in the fight. We're fighting. We've got to keep fighting and keep focused continue to fight fight Uh, this is going to be a fight we'll also fight him and challenge him in every way that we can in the congress in the courts and in the streets
6: to continue fighting we each have an important role to play in fighting in this fight like so many before it it has been a fight the american people are going to have to fight good about the importance of fighting
1: use it all the time
6: fighting but we always must fight. Joe Biden has a deep, deep-seated commitment to fight and to fight and about the importance of fighting. We always must fight to fight, to fight, and to fight as our willingness to fight, continued the fight, as Joe Biden says, to fight. It's about fighting for what we're fighting for. We will tell them about what we did to fight. Truly really about um, a fight. But truly, I do believe that we're in a fight. I believe that we are in a fight. I believe we are in a fight. I believe we are in a fight. So there's a fight in front of us. A fight for all of these things. And so we're prepared to fight for that. We know how to fight. Our ongoing fight's a fight. We know how to fight. We like a good fight. We were born out of a fight. This is Kamala Harris. There's the fight. Right
3: now. There's the fight. There's the fight. There's the fight. And then there's the fight to defend back in the fight. Our mission
7: is to Where
1: fight. Where do they get to Cicely? It's the
7: guiding purpose of House Democrats. Good. Fighting. He has never forgotten who he is fighting for. March and fought. And we just have to fight. But this is a fight for our country.
3: Fighting the health crisis of COVID. I led the fight. And continue to fight. Never, never, never give up this fight. I am a citizen, citizen fighting for it. Me's me, not only fighting a leader who fought for progressive change. as a lawyer who fought for people's whole life as well as other fights. He's, and I'm proud that, uh, to have Tim in this fight with me. And above all, it's time for America to get back up. And once again, fight. We will fight when we must fight. What kind of America are we fighting for? We've been fighting, so we need to fight, but we also need to fight. Fight for an America. I am going to wake up
5: every day and fight hard. I have been fighting. We're going to fight. We are going to fight. We're going to fight. We're going to fight. And I will fight.
1: We're in the fight of our lives right
5: now we fight like hell
4: to fight to fight fight against the trump administration
5: democrats are standing up to fight we're
3: in this fight in Cicillini. a serious way
5: we're fight we're eager to take on this fight get in this fight and we'll fight it out i have taken on the fight as representatives for the people as legislators here in the halls of congress our job is to fight who has led us in this fight it's to fight for this this fight
2: every day i'm in the
3: united states senate I will fight. And one of the things we do is
5: fight, f- should fight. and um, Because my constituents send me here each and every day to fight. We have been fighting this fight. And we they need to be say. side by side so we can succeed. And so I hope that you will all join us in our fight. And if we fight,
1: folks, coming up top of the hour, we're going to keep it right w. here. Georgia, uh, we are not going to break for the 1 o'clock news. We're going to stay right here. I will give proper ID. Fight.
5: My fight, those fights are to fight. To fight an administration
6: requiring us to fight and fight, we will. Their fight In their fight and their fight. fight. The fight is a fight. And so when we fight the fight that we are in. When we are fighting this fight, we fight this fight. The strength of who we are is we will fight. And we will fight, we will fight the fight, we will fight. We are in a fight, the fight, 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 fight. It is a fight, it is a fight, and it is a fight born out of patriotism. This is a fight fighting. I say fight on, fight on, fight on, fight on.
5: I'm here to say one more time in publicly, this is not a fight. I wanted to take on. But this is the fight in front of us now. Every
4: single one of you and every one of you. That's okay. You didn't do anything wrong. It's a word people use. But please stop the hypocrisy.
1: That's right.
4: And did you tone down the rhetoric last summer? No. all of this was happening? Nope. Did you condemn the rioters? Never. Did you stand with Nancy Pelosi who said people are going to do... What they're going to do. That's right.
6: This is a movement, I'm telling you. They're not going to stop. And, and everyone beware. Because they're not going to stop. It is gonna, they're not going to stop before Election Day in November. And they're not going to stop after.
3: They're
1: showing uh, all the footage of the riots from last the summer.
3: The protesters supposed to be polite and peaceful.
1: See, then it was fine. Only because they didn't attack the Capitol. said they burned every major city.
6: It was a violent item. They shot and killed David in cold blood. Yep. Destroying property which can be replaced is not
4: violent. Well, yeah, this is an apartment complex on fire and it just collapsed. Their building just collapsed.
0: I have nowhere to go now. These people did this for no reason. This is just a
3: snapshot of some of the damage The people will be waking up to going off by police clearly I'm proud of New York and I'm proud of the protests.
1: damage everywhere you look honestly it looks
7: like a war zone heartwarming to see so many people turn out peacefully
3: they keep doing it day after day after day uh, countries and nation of protest the patriots were protesters st john's church is on fire you just about that that's a myth
1: Folks, right now, it's coming up. We're going to stay right here. 1 o'clock, John DiPietro, AM 1380, 99.9 FM, WNRI, was 1 o'clock. We're going to stay right now. You're listening live coverage of the Trump impeachment defense.
4: You claim that it's wrong to object to the certification of election results. You, along with your allies in the media, attempted to cancel and censor members of this chamber who voiced concerns and objected to certification manager raskin you'd been in congress only three days when you objected in 2017. it's one of the first things you did when you got here i have an objection because 10 of the 29 electoral votes cast by florida were
3: cast by electors not lawfully certified. Is the objection in writing and signed not only by the member of the House of Representatives, but also by a senator? It is in writing, Mr. President. Is it signed by a senator? Not as of yes, Mr. President. In that case, the objection
0: cannot be entertained.
5: Mr. President, I object to the certificate from the state of Georgia on the grounds that the electoral votes were not...
0: There's no debate. I object to a certificate uh, from the state of North Carolina based on violations.
3: I
6: object because people are horrified by the overwhelming
3: evidence. Section 18, so 18 fair Title fair 3, of the United States Code prohibits debate. Um
5: I object. Objected to the counting of the electoral votes of the state of Ohio.
4: I object to the certificate from the state of Alabama. The electors were not lawfully certified.
6: I object to the 15 votes from the state of North Carolina because of the massive voter suppression and the closing the of voting
3: polling booths. There's in is no, the debate. Voting there's no debate 16. There's, there's no debate. And the massive the voter suppression that occurred. The general was suspended. I have an objection to the, electoral votes.
6: the objection is in writing, and I don't care that it is not. It is not signed by a member of the Senate. I do not wish to debate. I wish to ask: Is there one United States senator who will join me in this letter there of is objection? There's no debate. The uh, objection is is signed by a member of the House, but not yet by a member of the Senate. Well,
0: it is over. Uh,
4: And when the House managers realized that the president's actual words could not have incited the riot, as you allege in your article of impeachment, you attempted to pivot. You said that raising the issue of election security and casting doubt on the propriety of our elections was dangerous. One of the House managers, Mr. Cicilline, told you that this is not about the words Mr. Trump used in isolation. Rather, it is about the big lie. Yep. The claim that the election was stolen. The House managers told you that it's the big lie that incited the riot. And that the big lie was President Trump's claim that the election was not a fair election or that the election was stolen. Claiming an election was stolen, you were told, are words that are insightful to a candidate's followers and cause people to respond violently. Claiming an election was stolen or not legitimate is something that a candidate should never do. Because he or she knows, or should know, that such a claim and such words can actually incite violent insurrection, you were told. Well, it seems that the House Manager's position must be actually a bit narrower than that. The House Manager's position really is that when Republican candidates for office claim an election is stolen or that the winner is illegitimate, it constitutes inciting an insurrection, and the candidate should know it. But Democratic Party candidates for public elective office are perfectly entitled to claim the election was stolen, or that the winner is illegitimate, or to make any other outrageous claim they can. It is their absolute right to do so, and it is their absolute right to do so, irrespective of whether there's any evidence to support the claim. Democratic candidates can claim that an election was stolen because of Russian collusion, or without any explanation at all, and that is perfectly okay and is in no way incitement to an insurrection. And somehow, when Democratic candidates publicly decry an election as stolen or illegitimate, it's never a big lie. You've been doing it for years. But can you imagine telling your supporters that the only way you could
3: possibly lose is if an American election was rigged and stolen from you? And ask yourself, whether you've
2: ever seen anyone at any level of government make the
3: same claim about their own election if
2: Stacey Abrams doesn't win in Georgia they stole
0: it it's clear it's clear and I would say I say that publicly it's clear
6: you can run the best campaign you can even become the nominee and you can have the election stolen from you. He knows he's an illegitimate president.
5: He knows.
7: He knows that there were a bunch of different reasons why the election turned out the way it did.
6: Votes remain to be counted. There are voices that were waiting to be heard. And I will not concede.
3: Respect and I respect where you're coming from and I respect the, the issues that you're raising. You're not answering the question. Do you think it I was, am. A, I,
7: no, do, i, what, I, what I what
3: You're not using the word legitimate.
7: There are still legitimate concerns over the integrity of our elections and of ensuring the principle of one person, one vote. I
4: agree with tens of millions of Americans who are very worried that when they cast the ballot on an electronic voting machine that there is no paper trail to record that vote.
7: But constantly shifting vote tallies in Ohio and malfunctioning electronic machines which may not have paper receipts have led to additional loss of confidence by the public. This is their only opportunity to have this debate while the country is listening. And it is appropriate to do so.
4: House Manager Castro no longer has to try to imagine it, thanks to the distinguished senator and others. It didn't have to be this way. The Democrats promised unity. They promised to deliver the very COVID relief in the form of $2,000 stimulus checks that President Trump called for. They should have listened to their own words of the past. I leave you with the wise words of Congressman
3: Jerry Nadler. The effect of impeachment is to overturn the popular will of the voters. We must not overturn an election and remove a president from office, except to defend our system of government or our constitutional liberties against a dire threat. And we must not do so without an overwhelming consensus of the American people. There must never be a narrowly voted impeachment, or an impeachment supported by one of our major political parties, and opposed by the other. Such an impeachment will produce the divisiveness and bitterness in our politics for years to come, and will call into question the very legitimacy of our political institutions. The American people have heard the allegations against the President, and they overwhelmingly oppose impeaching him. They elected President Clinton, they still support him, we have no right to overturn the considered judgment of the American people mr speaker the case against the president has not been made there is far from sufficient evidence to support the allegations and the allegations even if proven true do not rise to the level of impeachable offenses mr speaker this is clearly a partisan railroad job The same people who today tell us we must impeach the president for lying under oath almost to a person voted last year to reelect the speaker who had just admitted lying to Congress in an official proceeding. The American people are watching and they will not forget. You may have the votes you may have the muscle but you do not have the legitimacy of a national consensus or of a constitutional imperative this partisan coup d'etat will go down in infamy in the history of this nation thank you mr speaker i yield back the balance of my time
0: david shown there the president's lawyer giving The defense, the president
1: would no doubt want. Folks, again, good afternoon. It's John DiPietro on AM thirteen eighty and ninety nine point nine FM. Right now, it is one hundred eight in the Ocean State. You're listening to live coverage of this impeachment, and um, really, I thought very, very effective uh, what you just heard by the impeachment uh, defenders, the president's defenders of exactly of that montage. It continues now. Okay, this is um, Michael Vinn.
2: There are two fundamental questions for purposes of this free speech analysis. First, does the First Amendment to the Constitution apply in this chamber to these impeachment proceedings? Second, if it does, do the words spoken by Mr. Trump at the ellipse on January 6th meet the definition of constitutional incitement so as to void the protections afforded by the First Amendment? I will explain why the answers to both of these questions must be a resounding yes. The Constitution in the First Amendment must certainly apply to these impeachment proceedings, and Mr. Trump's speech deserves full protection under the First Amendment. But before getting into the legal analysis, some preliminary observations about the House manager's case should be made. First, this case, unfortunately, is about political hatred. It has become very clear that the House Democrats hate Donald Trump This type of political hatred has no place in our political institutions and certainly no place in the law. This hatred has led the House managers to manipulate and selectively edit Mr. Trump's speech to make it falsely appear that he sought to incite the crowd to violently attack the Capitol. He didn't. And we will show you why. The hatred has also led the House managers to make some astounding legal arguments. They astoundingly urge you to disregard your oath by ignoring the First Amendment of the Constitution. They also ignore landmark binding United States Supreme Court cases, precedents, wood, and bond both of which unequivocally hold that elected officials have core First Amendment rights to engage in the exact type of political speech which Mr. Trump engaged in. I was shocked the House managers not only spent a mere three pages on the First Amendment analysis in their trial memo, but yesterday they spent a a mere ten minutes at the end of their case as a throwaway. What we have read and what we have heard is devoid of any constitutional analysis for less than what I would expect from a first-year law student. They left out landmark cases. Total intellectual dishonesty. And finally, Hatred is at the heart of the House managers' frivolous attempts to blame Donald Trump for the criminal acts of the rioters based on double hearsay statements of fringe right-wing groups based on no real evidence other than rank speculation. Hatred is a dangerous thing. We all have to work to overcome it. Hatred should have no place In this chamber in these proceedings. The second observation. The Senate is presented with an extraordinary task sitting in judgment of a former president's words in a speech that he gave at a political event. The House managers accused Mr. Trump of using his words to incite the horrific events at the Capitol on January 6th. But yesterday, They gave you a new and novel standard of incitement with an element of foreseeability, a negligence concept. They say zero case law. They made it up. This task of applying a completely made up legal standard of incitement to an impeachment proceeding is truly an unprecedented task for the Senate. And that is something the Senate must seriously consider when deciding the issue. Do you want to create a precedent where the Senate will be tasked with sitting in judgment as to the meaning and implied intent of a president's words? Or words of any elected official? Will that allow and maybe encourage a majority party to weaponize the awesome power of impeachment against the minority to suppress a point of view? Will the Senate then have to deal with constant articles of impeachment by a majority party, accusing minority presidents or other elected officials of so-called insightful or false speeches? You can see where this would lead. Sadly, We have all seen the political rhetoric get ratched up over the last few years. We've all been witnesses to many incendiary words by our officials at political events broadcast over the media internet. In each of those instances, will there now be Senate impeachment hearings? One last observation. We agree with the House managers, context does indeed matter. The inflammatory rhetoric from our elected officials must be considered as part of the larger context of Mr. Trump's speech at the Ellipse on January 6th. The inflammatory language from both sides of the aisle has been alarming, frankly. But this political discourse must be considered as part of these proceedings to contextualize Mr. Trump's words. We have some video to play that highlights some of what I'm talking about. I preface this video by noting I am not showing you this video as some excuse for Mr. Trump's speech. This is not about this is not what about I am showing you this to make the point that all political speech must be protected.
7: I, I, I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country, and maybe there will be.
5: There needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there's unrest in our lives. You got to
7: be ready to throw
5: a punch.
2: We have to be ready to throw a punch. Donald Trump, I think you need to go back and then punch him in the face.
3: But I thought he should have punched him in the face. I
2: feel like punching him.
3: I'd like to take him behind the gym if I were in high school. If you were in high school, I'd
2: take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him.
0: No, I wish you were in high school, I could take him behind the gym. I
7: will go and take Trump out tonight. Take him out now.
3: Okay. When wow. was the last time an actor assassinated a president? They're yeah. still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. <laughs> okay. Anymore, I have yep. thought Madonna. an awful lot about blowing up the White House the face of some congress people
7: people will do what they do
3: i want to tell you i want to tell you
0: kavanaugh you have released the whirlwind and you will
5: pay the price we're gonna go in there we're gonna this is just a warning to you trumpers be careful
6: Walk lightly. And for those of you who are soldiers,
5: make them pay.
6: If you had to be stuck in an elevator with either President Trump, Mike Pence, or Jeff Sessions, who would it be? Does one of us have to come out alive?
1: (laughs) Why is that funny? I never thought that was funny. And they're clapping.
2: Wow. Who's the violent party? I did not show you their robust speech to excuse or balance out the speech of my client, for I need not. That's right. I showed you the video because in this political forum, all robust speech should be protected and it should be protected evenly for all of us. Excellent. As a brief aside, We should all reflect and acknowledge the rhetoric has gotten to be too much and over the top. It is grading on the collective well-being of the body public, the citizens. Most would like it to stop. But the point is, when you see speech such as this, you have to apply the First Amendment evenly
0: blind
2: she is blind lady justice question one does the first amendment apply to this chamber in these proceedings the house manager's position as stated in their trial brief is and I quote the first amendment does not apply at all to an impeachment proceeding, that's their position. This is plainly wrong. The text of the First Amendment expressly restricts Congress from regulating speech. It says, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion, or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech, or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. To ignore the Constitution would be contrary to the oath of office of a United States Senator. I do solemnly swear or affirm that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, That's right. foreign and domestic, yep. that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same. Well, you all know the rest. No, the Senate cannot ignore the First Amendment. The Constitution itself limits the ability of the House to impeach to unlimited items such as high crimes and misdemeanors. The position advanced by the House managers is essentially an unlimited impeachment standard without constitutional guardrails unmoored to any specific legal test other than the unbridled discretion of Congress. This is distinctly not the intent of the Framers. The Framers were aware of the danger of any impeachment process that would make the president the mere creature of the legislature. A quote directly from the Framers while debating the impeachment process on the floor of the Constitutional Convention of 1787. The framers were fearful that any impeachment process that gave Congress full discretion on the standard for impeachment would constitute nothing less than a violation, quote, a violation of the fundamental principle of good government. One founding father, James Wilson, wrote extensively on the impeachment process. Mr. Wilson was a renowned legal scholar at the time, a law professor at the University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia. He was a major force in drafting and adopting the Constitution in 1787. He served as one of the first Supreme, one of the first six Supreme Court justices, 1789 to 1798. He was appointed by President George Washington. In fact, Wilson taught the first course on the new Constitution to President Washington and his cabinet. The first in the nation's history in Philadelphia at the University of Pennsylvania in 1789. Wilson, in his law lectures, the first of their kind under the Constitution, Plainly states that the Senate may not ignore the Constitution in impeachment proceedings. He states that lawful and constitutional conduct may not be used as an impeachable offense. Let me say that again. He states that lawful and constitutional conduct may not be used as an impeachable offense read along with me the doctrine of impeachments is of high import in the constitutions of free states on one hand the most powerful magistrate should be amenable to the law on the other hand elevated characters should not be sacrificed merely on account of their elevation no one should be secure while he violates the constitution and the laws, everyone should be secure while he observes them. To be clear, James Wilson is saying that the constitution does indeed apply when judging whether to convict an official by impeachment. If the complaint of conduct is constitutional, it cannot be impeachable. Are we to ignore the words and teachings of James Wilson? The house managers surely want you to. The house managers have made several references to this letter signed by 140 partisan law professors calling Mr. Trump's First Amendment defense legally frivolous. This is really an outrageous attempt to intimidate Mr. Trump's lawyers. Whenever a lawyer advances a truly frivolous argument, they may violate professional ethical rules and could be subject to discipline. This letter is a direct threat to my law license, my career, and my family's financial well-being. These law professors should be ashamed of themselves, and so should the House managers. How dare you? Do you really... I really hate Donald Trump so much that you're willing to destroy good, hardworking people's lives, people that are only doing their jobs, and frankly, as counsel for an accused fulfilling a constitutional role? It's astounding, really. I'm a citizen, not a politician. I know these First Amendment arguments are not anywhere close to frivolous, they're completely meritorious. Interestingly, the law professor's letter was issued on February 5th, three days before we even filed our legal brief in this matter, and they ignored landmark, bedrock Supreme Court cases directly addressing this issue. In our brief, we have a direct quote from James Wilson, the Founding Father, supporting our position. The direct quote was documented in the Founding Father's original legal papers. Do I have those with you? Folks, you're listening to live coverage. On the subject.
3: General he was the Trump primary Friday,
2: draftsman of the Constitution, who taught the Trump new Constitution Trump. of President Trump. Washington. He says so long as acts of elected officials like Mr. Trump are constitutionally protected, he should not be impeached. We have landmark U.S. Supreme Court decisions, Wood and Bonds, which I'll explain in detail, supporting our position. All of this, the house managers and the partisan law professors completely and misleadingly ignore. Frivolous? Hardly. The letter is a bully tactic, and I think evidence is the House managers know they have a problem with the First Amendment defense on the merits, so they're resorting to such tactics. The House managers' suggestion that the First Amendment does not apply to this impeachment process is completely untenable. Ignoring the First Amendment would conflict with the Senator's oath of office. It would also conflict with well-settled Supreme Court precedent and ignore the intent of the framers of the Constitution, such as James Wilson. Above all else, ignoring the Constitution would adopt the new raskin common sense doctrine we heard yesterday eroding hundreds of years of First Amendment protections. We are here under the Constitution. It is illogical what the House managers say. The Constitution does apply to this constitutional impeachment process. It's double talk, nonsense, illogical. If the House managers had their way, they would ignore all of the Constitution. Does that include the Sixth Amendment? The right to counsel, they would have Mr. Trump sitting here without lawyers and who would be next? It could be anyone. One of you or one of you. You must reject this invitation to ignore the First Amendment. It is anti-American and would set dangerous precedent forever. The law has developed over the years to clearly establish elected officials have the right to engage in protected speech. Mr. Trump is not just a guy on the street or a guy at a bar or a fire chief or a police officer. There were a few of them in there. All analogies given by the house managers. These sideways analogies are wrong. Mr. Trump was an elected official, and there is an entire body of law, Supreme Court landmark cases, supporting the conclusion that Mr. Trump actually has enhanced free speech rights because he is an elected official. These cases are ignored by the House managers and the law professors. And that, too, is total intellectual dishonesty. The Supreme Court has long held that the First Amendment's right to freedom of speech protects elected officials. Two important on-point decisions from the Supreme Court, Wood versus Georgia and Bond versus Floyd, expressly contradict the House manager's position. The House managers do not even cite those cases in their brief. They barely acknowledged them in their reply, and they were mum on them yesterday. That's right.
1: Folks, in Wood versus Georgia, Friday.
2: the Supreme Court addressed a case muscle. involving a sitting sheriff whose re-election was being investigated by a grand jury President and Trump's paneled by a judge attorney. based on allegations of irregular Negro block voting. It was in the 60s. The sheriff spoke publicly in multiple press releases calling the grand jury investigations racist, illegitimate, and an attempt to intimidate voters. He even urged the grand jurors on how to decide the issues and not let its high office be a party to any political attempt to intimidate voters. The sheriff viewed the grand jury as challenging the legitimacy of his election. The sheriff even sent a letter to the grand jurors with these allegations, which is an extraordinary step since laws in most states, including Georgia, prohibit attempts to influence or intimidate jurors. The sheriff was charged and convicted of contempt of court and obstruction of the grand jury, but the Supreme Court in a decision written by Justice Brennan reversed. The court held that the First Amendment protected an elected public official's speech because the voting controversy directly affected the sheriff's political career, G29. The petitioner was an elected official and had read with me, please, everybody. The petitioner was an elected official and had the right to enter the field of political controversy, particularly where his political life was at stake. The role that elected officials play in our society makes makes it all the more more imperative imperative that they they be allowed freely to express themselves on on matters of current public importance.
1: importance. Would,
2: thus, stands for the proposition that a difference of political opinion expressed in a speech on an issue of voting irregularity cannot be punishable where all that was done was to encourage investigation and peaceful Political speech. Just like Mr. Trump has done here. The legal scholars call that directly on point. A second case, Bond versus Floyd, involved a state legislature punishing an elected official for protected political speech. Bond is particularly instructive here, too. And Bond the Supreme Court squarely addressed the question of an elected official's punishment by a legislature for statements alleged to have incited public violation of the law, the burning of draft cards. The court unequivocally rejected the idea, advanced here by the House managers, that an elected official is entitled to no protection under the First Amendment. The Supreme Court held that the Georgia House of Representatives was, in fact, forbidden by the First Amendment from punishing bond by not seating them for advocating against the policy of the United States. There are three fundamental holdings in bond. One, the manifest function of the First Amendment in a representative government requires that legislators be given the widest latitude to express their views on issues of policy. Two, just as erroneous statements must be protected to give freedom of expression the breathing space it needs to survive, so statements criticizing public policy and the implementation of it must be similarly protected. Third holding, Legislators have an obligation to take positions on controversial political questions so that their constituents can be fully informed by them and be better able to assess their qualifications. Please read along with me. Their qualifications for office. Also, so they may be represented in governmental debates by by the person person they have elected elected to represent represent them. them. Mr. Trump enjoys this same First Amendment protection from Congress. The First Amendment's protections guarantee free speech addressing the electoral integrity issues essential to his career that Mr. Trump has consistently advocated. The House managers argue that the First Amendment, and I quote, does not shield public officials who occupy sensitive policy making positions from adverse actions when their speech undermines important governmental interests. That is flat wrong. They are in essence attempting to treat Mr. Trump as their employee. This is not the law under wood and bond. Mr. Trump was elected by the people. He is an elected official. The Supreme Court says elected officials must have the right to freely engage in public speech. Indeed, the Supreme Court expressly rejected the house manager's argument and Wood versus Georgia, holding that the sheriff was not a civil servant, but elected, an elected official who had core First Amendment rights, which could not be restricted. That's Wood v Georgia, page 395 footnote 21. The house managers do not mention Wood or Bond in the trial brief or anywhere else. Why? Why not? Because it does not fit their narrative or their story. They want to punish Mr. Trump for engaging in constitutionally protected free speech, and they do not want you to consider the issue, but you must. Question two. Does Mr. Trump's speech deserve protection under the First Amendment? There is no doubt Mr. Trump engaged in constitutionally protected political speech that the House has improperly characterized as incitement of insurrection. The fatal flaw of the House's argument is that it seeks to mete out governmental punishment, impeachment, based on First Amendment political speech. Speech for political purposes is the kind of activity to which the First Amendment offers its strongest protection. These are bedrock principles recognized by our Supreme Court for decades. The Court has stated in no uncertain terms the importance of these principles to our democratic principles. The general proposition that freedom of expression upon public questions is secured by the First Amendment has long been settled by our decisions. The constitutional safeguard, we have said, was fashioned to assure unfettered interchange of ideas for the bringing about of political and social changes desired by the people. New York Times v. Sullivan. Our First Amendment decisions have created a rough hierarchy in the constitutional protection of speech. Core political speeches occupy the highest, most protected position. Even political speech that may incite unlawful conduct is protected from the reach of government punishment. The court has said every idea is an incitement, and if speech may be suppressed when it might inspire someone to act unlawfully, then there is no limit to the state's censorial power. The government may not prohibit speech because it increases the chances of an unlawful act will be committed, committed at some indefinite time in the future. The House managers showed you a series of tweets going all the way back to 2015 in an effort to prove incitement. All of that evidence is totally irrelevant under the constitutional definition of incitement. Brandenburg versus Ohio is really the landmark case on the issue of incitement speech Half of the case was mentioned yesterday. In the Brandenburg v. Ohio case, another landmark, the court held the government may only su- the government may only suppress speech for advocating the use of force or a violation of law if such advocacy is directed to inciting or producing eminent lawless action and is likely to incite or produce such action. The Brandenburg holding has been interpreted as having three basic prongs to determine if speech at 1.41 the definition good afternoon, of incitement. John DePetro, AM
1: 1380,
2: the Brandenburg 99. test 99. precludes speech Live from being sanctioned as incitement to as a, a riot unless is. this one the speech explicitly or implicitly encouraged use of violence or lawless action Two, the speaker intends that his speech will result in use of violence or lawless action. And three, the imminent use of violence or lawless action is likely is the likely result of the speech. The House managers cannot get past the first prong of the Brandenburg test. They have not and cannot prove Mr. Trump explicitly or implicitly encouraged use of violence or lawless action, period. Brandenburg requires a close examination of the words themselves. The words are either important or they're not. The House managers admitted that the incitement issue is not about the words. Why not? Because on the face of it, Mr. Trump's words are no different than the figurative speech used by every one of the senators assembled here today. If it is not about the words but about the big lie of a stolen election, then why isn't House Manager Raskin guilty since he tried to overturn the 2016 election? Good point. The more the House managers speak, the more hypocrisy gets revealed. Hypocrisy. Even though they say it's not about the words, the law under Brandenburg requires a close analysis of the words to determine incitement. So we need to look at those words. Mr. Trump did the opposite of advocating for lawless action, the opposite. He expressly advocated for peaceful action at the Save America rally. He explicitly stated, these are the words. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. That's right. To peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. That is how this president has spoken for years when he condemns violence, lawlessness, and rioters. The House managers have played manipulated selectively edited parts of Mr. Trump's speech. They focus heavily on the word fight. The president used the word fight 20 times in his speech. They picked only two. Why? Why not the other 18? Because they don't tell the story the way they want to tell it. Here are all of them. Listen to the context.
0: And Rudy, you did a great job. He's got guts. You know what? He's got guts. Unlike a lot of people in the Republican Party, he's got guts. He fights. He fights. And I'll tell you. Thank you very much, John. Fantastic job. I watched. That's a tough act to follow, those two. There's so many weak Republicans, and we have great ones. Jim Jordan and some of these guys, they're out there fighting. The House guys are fighting. But it's uh, it's incredible. Many of the Republicans, I helped them get in. I helped them get elected. Get rid of... How do you say I want to get rid of America first? Even if you're going to do it, don't talk about it, right? Unbelievable what we have to go through. Well, we have to go through, and you have to get your people to fight. And if they don't fight, we have to primary the hell out of the ones that don't fight. You primary them. We're going to let you know who they are. I can already tell you, frankly. (laughs) Republicans are constantly fighting like a boxer with his hands tied behind his back. It's like a boxer. And we want to be so nice. We want to be so respectful of everybody, including bad people, and we're going to have to fight much harder, and Mike Pence is going to have to come through for us, and if he doesn't, that will be a, a sad day for our country, because you're sworn to uphold our Constitution. And the accountability says, if we see somebody in there that doesn't treat our vets well, or they steal, they rob, they do things badly, we say, Joe, you're fired. Get out of here. Before, you couldn't do that. You couldn't do that before. So we've taken care of things. We've done things like nobody's ever thought possible. And that's part of the reason that many people don't like us, because we've done too much. But we've done it quickly, and we were going to sit home and watch a big victory, and everybody had us down for a victory. It was going to be great. And now we're out here fighting. I said to somebody I was going to take a few days and relax after our big electoral victory. Ten o'clock, it was over. The American people don't believe the corrupt fake news anymore. They have ruined their reputation. But you know, it used to be that they'd argue with me, I'd fight. So I'd fight, they'd fight, I'd fight, they'd fight, pop, bop. You'd believe me, you'd believe them. Somebody comes out, you know, they had their point of view, I had my point of view. But you'd have an argument. Now what they do is they go silent. It's called suppression. And that's what happens in a communist country. That's what they do. They suppress. You don't fight with them anymore, unless it's a bad story. If they have a little bad story about me, they make it 10 times worse, and it's a major headline. But Hunter Biden, they don't talk about him. What happened to Hunter? Where's Hunter? With your help over the last four years, we built the greatest political movement in the history of our country, and nobody even challenges that. I say that over and over, and I never get challenged by the fake news and they challenge almost everything we say. But our fight against the big donors, big media, big tech and others is just getting started. This is the greatest in history. There's never been a movement like that. Our brightest days are before us. Our greatest achievements still wait. I think one of our great achievements will be election security, because nobody until I came along had any idea how corrupt our elections were. And again, most people would stand there at 9 o'clock in the evening and say, I want to thank you very much. And they go off to some other life. But I said, something's wrong here. Something's really wrong. Can't have happened. And we fight. We fight like hell. And if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. Our exciting adventures and boldest endeavors have not yet begun. My fellow Americans, for our movement, for our children, And for our beloved country, and I say this, despite all that's happened, the best is yet to come.
2: A boxer fighting with his hand tied behind his back, members of Congress fighting, Rudy being Rudy. These are the metaphorical, rhetorical uses of the word fight. We all know that, right? Suddenly, the word fight is off limits. Spare us the hypocrisy and false indignation. It's a term used over and over and over again by politicians on both sides of the aisle. And, of course, the Democrat House managers know that the word fight has been used figuratively in political speech forever but don't take it from me it's best to listen to them Our mission is to fight. Our
6: job is to fight. We are in a fight. We are in a fight. We are in a fight. Democrats are fighting as hard as we can. Democrats are standing up to fight. We know how to fight. We like a good
3: fight. Democrats are going to fight like hell. We
6: fight like hell!
7: I'm
3: going to fight like hell. I will fight like hell. We're going to fight like hell. I'm going to fight like like hell. hell. Fight like hell. I will fight like hell. We have to
7: fight like hell.
3: I and I know many
2: other senators and members of the House will fight like hell. We are gonna fight like hell. We're
3: gonna fight like hell. We're fight, like hell. We're fight like hell.
5: And we just have to fight. We're gonna fight. We are gonna fight. We're gonna fight! because
3: you will fight to fight political revolution that means that millions millions
1: millions 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 have got to stand up and fight
0: and fight
3: and fight stand up and fight back to fight and continue to fight once again fight back in the fight we're fighting back in my fight to fight an administration
5: you don't get what you don't fight for
3: we'll also fight him and challenge him in every way that we can fight in congress fight in the courts fight in the streets in the Congress in the courts and in the streets. There's the fight, there's the fight, there's the fight and then there's the fight to defend.
6: We're eager to take on this fight. The American people are going to have to fight.
5: Get in this fight. Get in this fight.
3: Uh, Around the clock fighting. We've got to keep fighting and keep focused. We will fight when we must fight. We've been fighting. So we need to fight, but we also need to fight.
2: Always can be an uphill fight.
3: This is going
1: to be a fight. We always must fight. We're in the fight of our lives, and we're going to be in the fight of our lives. This is the fight of our life. Fight of their lives.
5: We are in this fight for our lives. We cannot ever give up fighting.
1: Folks, John DePetro, AM 99.9 FM very
2: by The reality is, Trump is Mr. Friday. Trump was not in any way, shape or form instructing these people to fight right. or to use physical violence.
1: 152 what Friday. he was
2: instructing them to do the was President to challenge Friday. their opponents in primary elections to push for sweeping election reforms, to hold big tech responsible all customary and legal ways to petition your government for redress of grievances, which of course is also protected constitutional speech. But the house managers don't want you to focus on those things because again, it does not fit their story. In the end, I leave you with this quote from Benjamin Franklin, freedom of speech is a principal pillar of a free government. When this support is taken away, the constitution of a free society is dissolved and tyranny is erected on its ruins. Thank you.
1: Folks, good afternoon. It's John DePietro on this Friday. You've been listening. That this is a live coverage of the impeachment with uh, President Trump. Very, very strong. Very, very Mr.
3: President, the majority I ask unanimous consent the Senate recess for a 15 minute break. All
1: right, so, folks, again, uh, good afternoon. It's um, 154 on this Friday, and it's John DiPietro. Very, very strong, convincing argument. You're listening to The John DiPietro Show, AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Now, on this sunny Friday, I want to remind you, Ron's Pastry Gourmet, stop in and see Ron and Melissa. They have everything Valentine's. They're open this afternoon. They're open tomorrow, 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. They have delicious fresh strawberries dipped in chocolate they have valentine's pastry and cupcakes and cakes and delicious calzones rhode island's number one pastry gourmet is ron's pastry gourmet 170 royal little drive in providence stop it and see them they also still have those delicious trump chocolate donuts and uh, Trump cupcakes. Again, look for them on Facebook, Ron and Melissa. It's, um, it's just what an incredible display when the Trump people, the his the president's attorney finally got a chance to get their say. Uh, folks, they completely turned this whole thing around and just showed the hypocrisy of uh, how this whole thing has been handled. So it's okay. You know, it's also just ironic how members of the media and Democrats are saying, Oh, yeah, but they attacked the Capitol, they attacked the Capitol, and this could have happened, and this might have happened, and that could have happened, and a plane could have crashed, and blah, 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 but none of that happened. Basically, they're just upset because they had to leave the Capitol almost like in fire drill fashion compared with – you watched all summer New York City, Minneapolis, Atlanta, Philadelphia – at times, Providence, Racha, every every major, Washington, D.C., destroyed by protesters. And, and the Democrats would just say people are going to do what they're going to do and there's no problem with it and blah, blah, blah. Now, it's very cold out and it's going to continue to be cold. Remember, if right now on this Friday you're having a problem with your heating system, I'm here to help. I want you to call R.E. Coogan and Heating, 401-732-6562, 401 401- 6562 R.E. Coogan and Heating Let us send your home, don't fix it alone Find them on Facebook But they are just terrific R.E. and also R.E. CooganHeating.com Call them for all your heating needs It's R.E. Coogan and Heating I also want to remind you Since it's cold And maybe you're saying, hey, I need to call And get an oil delivery Call Henry Oil, 401 401- Since 1947 Reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery Now make the switch Whoever is your oil provider I'm asking you John DePietro, on this Friday Year of our Lord 2021 Make the switch to Henry Oil Serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass Automatic delivery, budget plans Service contracts, lock and cap pricing Call Carmine and Lori At Henry Oil 401 521 zero two hundred. Now again folks I will be on the air on Monday. Movement is picking up. The Mayor of Cranston has asked and said Governor Mundo should resign. The Mayor of Warwick has said that Governor Mundo should resign. The Mayor of North Providence now, Charlie Lombardi has said that Governor Mundo should resign. This is something to watch. There's going to be more turnover. There's no Senate vote that we know of next week on her nomination. And and, and, uh, who knows the week after that? But it has reached a point and what's really bubbling over at 158 on this Friday is just how poorly the state is doing with the vaccine distribution. Where according to a study at Harvard, Rhode Island got an F grade. And according to the New York Times, we are ranked dead last. Folks, small estate, it should be easy, but this is what happens when the top person is not focused on Rhode Island. Uh, Governor Armando, she is focused on becoming the next Secretary of Commerce, and she's taking her eye off the ball, and Rhode Island is paying the price. Now, listen, I want to remind you that if you're in an accident, if someone damaged your vehicle, you need to get it fixed. I encourage you to call West Fountain Auto Body. On this sunny Friday, my question, did someone hit your vehicle? It did, or a family member, friend? Let's get it fixed. Call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. Easy to get to, right off of 95. They'll do it right. They'll do it right the first time. They're going to work for you, not the insurance company. Call West Fountain Auto Body, 401 272 Thirty-three forty, located four hundred West Fountain Street in Providence, right off of ninety-five. Well, folks, again, it's Friday afternoon. It is. Uh, it's a very chilly day, and uh, over the course of the weekend, I'm seeing that there could be a little snow coming up on uh, on Sunday. But tomorrow should be bright and sunny. I hope everyone has a safe. Uh, Valentine's weekend. And uh, remember, if you want to reach me, go to the website, dePetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. And uh, you just click on contact John and you can get a hold of me that way. So coming up, you're going to hear the two o'clock news and then it's the John Dion program. I'm back Monday at 11. Uh, Again, big day for President Trump's attorneys. I thought they put together a very strong defense. All right, stay tuned for the 2 o'clock news. Again, thanks to the great Jeff Gamach. Fantastic job, as always. Folks, you can find me at the website, depetro.com Right now, it is 2 o'clock.